What's up, world? This is certified sexologist and pleasure coach, Tayomi Morgan, here on the Relationship Status Podcast. And this episode is all about sex. Make sure you tune in and follow me on Instagram at RealGlamazonTayomi and on Twitter at GlamazonTayomi. Welcome back to Relationship Status. It's your girl, Nick Cruz. C.L. Butler. And your boy, Yusuf in the building. And remember, you can catch us on RelationshipStatusPodcast.com and anywhere you catch your podcast for free 99. We in another week of stay home, at home, social distance, all that good stuff. Neek, it's another week, sweetheart. How you doing? You know what? <laughs> I'm not even going to answer it no more. Just, I'm here. You just here? I'm just here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> this is my outing for the day. That's the outing? Yes. CL, what part of the world are we going to today? Domo. 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 Okay. Japan. Another Japan. Another, another, another Japanese. Another Japanese. And it means Hello. what's up? Oh, Domo. Yes, Domo. So Domo, Domo. CL. Domo. Domo. <laughs> Domo, CL. Domo, yeah. I think you have to say it more with an uh, Asian accent. Domo? We're not going to disrespect <laughs> Asians. I was about to say, whoa. I don't know what kind of Asian accent that was. Hey, man, I was trying, nah. to, I was trying to get there. You didn't give me a chance. You tried. Yeah, you did. But you didn't give me a chance to get there. Okay. You got there as far as you was going to get. <laughs> I got as far as I'm going to get? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Come on, man. It could have been. Y'all could have let me go a little bit nope. further. Nope. That's it. <sighs> Anything big this week? No, not Just really. Hope this thing is over a little sooner than later. Going a little stir crazy? No. I'm not crazy. Got plenty, have plenty of things to do. <laughs> well, stir crazy. You know, that's just no. being in, just being in the house, being around the same, same set people, of people, yeah, all the time. Um, I don't have that problem. <laughs> so, well, uh, you work, you work outdoors. Hey, I do stuff. I mean, I, I, you don't have I to be around people. I can get stir crazy. You can get stir really? crazy. Yeah, because you know I work from home. Well, you don't have to be. Like, you have to just be creative in this time. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, yeah. just getting creative with the time. And um, I, I do my, my I have uh, uh, my one my one day of uh, yard yard wreck mm-hmm. um, each day. I, I go into the yard <laughs> once, a, once a day for about an hour, get out mm-hmm. there, walk with the kids out at the park, and then shoot, come on back home. And then back in the house we go. Okay. A little bit of arts and crafts and yeah, done, we done, do that too. Yeah, I done made some stuff out of nothing. So, but bedtime is still nine o'clock. Yeah, bedtime is nine o'clock. <laughs> I, I need my adult, Please. just a little yes. bit of adult time to me. Um, but I also go for a drive, like um, in the afternoon on my lunch or after I get off of work to kind of get away from work because working in the same place, sleeping, all of that can really get depressing. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. CL, we have a. Uh, Special guest today. Of an esteemed guest today. An esteemed guest. Yes. A very esteemed guest. Okay. Miss Tayomi. As I'm saying, I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. She's the founder of the Sex Ed blog, uh, Glamorotica101.com. Uh, she's a YouTuber, a sexologist, an international pleasure coach. International. International. She's an uh, uh, erotic muse. Oh. A producer. A sexual media maven. Wow. As well as a sexual wellness coach. Wow. Where's a a lot of hats there? A lot of hats. A lot of hats. 
Uh, anything else we got on? on, on us? <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to seem like she's showing off. Okay. She's here here right. with us today. She's here with us. Okay. How you doing, ma'am? Mm, I'm good. You're good. Oh, wow. she, oh. she was trying to finish up that bite. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my mouth was like full with food. I'm like, oh my god, they're calling me. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you, thank you. Well, tell us, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Shot time. Yeah, Shatan in the building. And I've been practicing sexual health since 2011. Mm -hmm. So it's going on my ninth year working in this space. And before I started working in this space, because like a lot of people kind of wonder like how it became popular Mm -hmm. so fast. Like before I even came into the space, I was already working in media as a freelance writer. Okay writing for um, different publications, some startup publications and blogs and things around entertainment. So I was interviewing um, musical artists and celebrities and also doing album reviews and live show reviews. So I used to also do on-camera interviews as well. So I had a lot of experience with that. And um, I was also a model. Okay. I okay. spent a lot of my time doing runway shows and, uh, you know, just kind of being in the mix in the city of Chicago. And then things kind of shifted in my career. Um, mm-hmm. I did America's Next Top Model Cycle 14 in 2010. And so that kind of like catapulted my popularity up. So I had a decent following. But then I switched into sex blogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad actually encouraged me to use my natural gift for writing for something. He was just like, I don't care what you write about. You're just too talented not to use your gift. And so I asked myself, well, what do I know a lot about that I could actually start a blog about and then talk about all the time and not like get bored with it? I was like, oh, sex. And so at the time I was 22 when I started my blog and people are like, what does a 22 year old know about sex? Like, what can you teach me about sex? And it's I'm a like, fair I question. A it's <laughs> a fair question. <laughs> That is a fair question. I read. Oh, you read? Oh, <laughs> I was about okay. to say. I read. And just read, but like, so I actually experiment with the things that I read. Mm-hmm. So there's one thing about sex education. You have people who are, you know, academics who have gone through many programs to receive degrees in sexual health, and they are well studied. Um, as far as the knowledge is concerned. But when it comes to hands-on application, some of them really have never tried the things that they know about. Mm -hmm. So with me, you know, I don't have a formal degree in sexual health education, um, but I do have um, years of self-study and also uh, practice within the field as well as certifications and other areas of sexual health. And so when people ask me, like, oh, what can you teach me, especially penis owners, I'm like, listen, men, I can teach you a lot. I don't have to have a penis to teach you how to use it better. <laughs> now, so, now, does that apply for men, too, who don't have a vagina? I just, we, said, penis, I just no, said penis owners. No, no, I'm just saying, could a, could a man tell a woman a lot about a vagina since he doesn't have one? 
it depends on how well studied he is and well uh, how well experienced he is because women are actually sexually superior to men and so there's there's a lot that women already come into this world having knowledge of when it comes to our sexuality or at least the abilities that we have but -hmm. every single last person on the face of this earth needs training because it's not like sex it's not like sexual information and and how to navigate your sex is just innate the feelings like your your hormones and how you feel what you're attracted to all of that stuff is already like wired within you and then of course programming that you receive throughout your life um, definitely influences your perception of sexuality and how you express it but when it comes to sex itself the actual application, what you do with your sexuality, those things have to be learned okay. and you have to practice them. So my expertise is really in teaching people how to have sex better and how to navigate all of the emotional stuff that comes along with that. Because what I've found in my practice is that someone may be coming to me and saying, oh, I want to spice it up. But then underneath that desire to spice it up, you know, it's like, okay, how did you even get to this point where you feel like you're bored in your relationship? Oh, there was some infidelity here. Hmm. Okay. Now we have to kind of go through processing the emotions of that and getting back to a space of trust. So that's pretty much where I sit with people. And then I have a YouTube channel where I show people how to get into different positions. I show a lot of hands, hands-on application of sex. And that YouTube channel has helped me become very popular. I've had videos go viral dozens of times over, over the last nine years. And that's what's, what's given me my international draw is the exposure that I've gotten from YouTube. So it's been a long ride Okay. Well, I have keep, so many accomplishments, but I'm not going to roll off the list. That's just. Well, congratulations on all of your <laughs> accomplishments and the ones you're going to have in the future. Yeah, many more to go. Yeah. Well, but we'll, oh, yes. we'll, we'll kind of start today with something you kind of vaguely touched on. Let's, um, who, who comes to you for more help, men or women? Women come to me more than men do. Mm-hmm. And I. When I started my blog, I started it for black women. Okay. Because when I started researching the industry at that time, which was back in like 2009, 2010, I didn't see a lot of representation in the sexual health field that was speaking directly to black women. It's like, yeah, you can pick up Cosmopolitan or any of the books out there. You can read them and apply the information, but who's speaking directly to us that can encourage us to really own our sexuality as black women Um, because our sexuality is seen as offensive (laughs) to a a lot of people. So why is that? My blog. Eh, Oh, okay. Too Um, many curves. We're going to take it there. That's what I was going to say. I believe it's our curves. (laughs) Well, um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, the black person is seen as superior in many things. Um, and just our resilience and how we're able to overcome anything, i.e. 400 years of slavery Absolutely. Um, and oppression in the United States and all over the world, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just uh, 
just how powerful we show up. You know, we already show up as very commanding and very in control of things. And so when you have when you have an area of life where a particular type of person believes that they have dominion over it, and then you bring in someone who looks different and expresses differently, it can be seen as a threat. So there's, there's, of course, this idea out there that, you know, oh, the black man is superior. Every black woman is mm-hmm. a sex goddess and just superior. And so because of that, um, I just feel that there is an, an intimidation factor. Okay. And what's interesting is that even though that's the gaze of us, our people are actually quite sexually repressed because of the effects that slavery um, have put into place. It's kind of like a residual effect. Our people are still suffering with sexuality in a major way. So that's why I chose to like basically place my emphasis on black women. But I really embrace and accept anybody who hears my messaging and wants to um, learn from me. Okay, that's a a fair, well, well thought out answer there. Now, this is CL talking here. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Uh, you you say a lot uh, between um, you. You've talked a lot about uh, when you give people advice sexually and everything else. What's the what do you think is the difference between being sensual and just sexuality? Well, sexuality is how you identify. Sensuality is how you experience the world through your five senses. So oftentimes, sensuality and sexuality are conflated, but they're literally two totally different things. Now, they are related in the sense that, you know, we do experience sex with our physical body and um, our energetic body as well. So we use our five senses to really dig deep into a sexual experience um, and we can express our sexuality through using our five senses. But sensuality is really all about becoming embodied and truly being aware of how the five senses affect who you are energetically and physically. So they Mm -hmm. do they, so you have to be able to use both. You have to intertwine both or should you be focusing on one more so than the other? I mean, the both are already intertwined. We are all already sensual beings because we experience life through our senses. So typically in teaching people how to connect more within a sexual experience or with themselves first, because great sex starts with yourself first, I always start with sensual connection. Because how can you truly experience orgasm or even be aware that you're experiencing orgasm if you can't even... Be aware of what your skin is doing when you're outside and the wind is blowing hard. Or if it's sunny and the sun is shining on you. If you can't even be aware of how your entire body is warming up from the inside out with the sun permeating your skin. And how can you really be aware of the nuances of pleasure that you experience on your way to a major climax? Oh, so well... Well stated point there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to know yourself. But I, do you find that most people don't know themselves more so than anything else? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a lot of people are disconnected from themselves because, again, of the programming that we experience throughout life. Everyone has gone through something traumatic, whether it's in this lifetime or in the past life that we are still holding on to, and those traumas create blocks. And I mean, a trauma could be as simple as. 
you mention something and someone is like, why are you into that? You know, having your desires invalidated can cause you to shut down and feel like, you know, you're doing something wrong or like how you feel is just not embraced or accepted. And so then you become afraid of even expressing yourself or allowing that part of yourself to be expressed because somebody shamed you in the past. So now you've created a block. So many of us are walking around with these false identities that we have uh, attached ourselves to because of uh, the, the things that we've received in programming throughout our lives and just us wanting to fit in with the norm. And so it does require for people to really dig within and honestly ask themselves, okay, what is it that I desire? Not based on the opinions of my parents or my peers or my pastor or pornography. What is it that I truly am attracted to and desire? And so that does require for a person to really um, go through an internalized process. So when people come to me and they want to work with me, I'm like, okay, you have to be ready for things to shift in your life because this is not just about you having better sex, like that's going to be a result of the work that we do together. But this is a completely transformative experience because you're going to shift basically who you are. I mean, our sexuality is the core of who we are as spiritual beings. Sexual energy is life force energy or our chi. So when you're working within that energy, you're basically shifting your entire consciousness. So it's mental as well as physical um, oh yeah, it's mental first because the brain is actually the largest sex organ. The brain, the brain is? is the largest. Yes. Okay. The brain is the epicenter for sex because that is where the signals go out to the rest of the body to get the body prepared for sex. The release of dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and acetaminophen and endorphins, all of these chemicals that are produced to make the body feel good. And then even the flow of blood that is necessary for engorgement for both male and female bodies to feel pleasure when the genitals are stimulated. Um, engorgement's responsible for erections for both male and female bodies. But all of these signals are sent from the brain. So it's the brain first. And this is why mental health has a huge impact on a person's sexual health. Because if your mental health is not intact, like your body sexually is not going to be on board because your body is trying to keep all of its other functions in balance. And so the last thing your body is trying to do is send some blood down to your genitals so you can feel pleasure. Your body's like, you're dealing with too much anxiety. I'm trying to make sure that you don't have a heart attack. We're going to focus on this right here, making sure that your heart can keep beating. So it all starts in the brain, and then it flows from there. Oh, so you have to add a therapist to your title also. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, wow. <laughs> well, I don't say that I'm a therapist because I don't have a formal degree in psychology. So I okay. can't technically say that I'm a therapist, but what I do is therapy um, is a form of therapy in the, in the sense of life coaching. So I can say I'm a life coach. I can mm -hmm. say I'm a pleasure coach. And along with all of that does come uh, trauma-informed uh, coaching because I have trauma and trauma based training. Yes. And also emotional based training. In developing emotional intelligence is a really big part of what I do. Just helping people reframe how they see things so mm -hmm. that way they're not 
like in this cycle in their heads, kind of just being self-loathing or attacking themselves about things that they may have been attacked about within their sexuality in the past. Okay. Now, now shifting gears for yeah. a, a moment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some baby steps like a couple could take to maybe spice up their love life a little bit if it's lacking a little bit? Or maybe has gone stale a little bit. Yeah. Boring. Well, the first step, the first step is to talk about it. Communication. If you are not. First step. Yeah. Communication is key because mm-hmm. you have to remember, like, even though you're in a relationship with this person, it's two individual people having their own individualized experiences, living in their own universes, so to speak. And then they're choosing to come together to live their lives parallel. And so together you have a life together, you have your experiences together, but you, you're both still having your own individualized experience. So if things have gone stale, it mm-hmm. means that one person or both may be having different experiences in their own world where maybe they want to try something different or maybe they've, off, they've lost interest in something. And so it's really important to check in. When you take your partner for granted and you just think that this is the only way they want to do things or this is the only thing that they want to experience, you you forget them in the process. So sitting down and having a conversation and being prepared for the answers that you're going to receive and creating a space of non-judgment where you can express what your experiences are and express your observations is key. So you come to the conversation asking yourself first, where are we in our sex life? How satisfied are you with our sex life? And now be we, ready. Okay. <laughs> now, now, in your opinion, does this conversation work better from man to woman or from woman to man? Or does it not necessarily matter? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter because each person is going to be triggered, period. Um, Because every person wants to believe that they are the ultimate lover for their partner. And again, just even thinking that is taking your partner for granted. So uh, both people have egos that are ready to feel some type of way (laughs) about (laughs) any type of criticism being presented. But that's why I mentioned, you know, to create a space of non-judgment. It's not about blaming your partner and saying, this is your fault while we're in this space. It's okay. Let's just take a moment to observe where we are and see how we can fix this. And if the conversation can't be had verbally, then maybe having a text conversation or even writing it out in like notes to each other and just passing notes on some old school stuff, you know, (laughs) um, is a good way to like have the conversation in a way that's passive um, without feeling like, you know, the threat of that whole, we need to talk type situation. (laughs) Well, if you, okay. So now I I come and I say, Hey, look, um, I want to have a conversation. Um, what if the person, what if my significant other is not open, uh, is not being open to what I have to say? See, that's the first thing you have to ask. Um, getting consent is really important in this, in everything. And that's something that I think a lot of couples take for granted. It's just this idea that your partner is going to be on board with everything that you suggest. So even before having a conversation, ask your partner, hey, are you willing to talk about our sex life right now? You know, is that a conversation that you want to have right now? 
are you mm-hmm. willing to join with me in having this conversation about our sex life? Because it's really important to me. And if your partner says no, say, okay, um, is there a better time for you? Um, when would you like to speak about this? Or do you feel that you're comfortable at this point talking about it? And if your partner doesn't have an answer, then you kind of just got to step back and let them get to that point where they are ready. And the best thing that you could do is write out how you feel in a letter. Okay. And then you can just deliver that letter and allow your partner to open that when they're ready. But to force the situation or force the conversation is impeding upon their personal autonomy. And so if you do respect your partner's space, it is best to ask for consent first instead of just trying to spring the question on them or spring the process on them as if, okay, right here, right now, we got to have this conversation. Your partner just may not be ready to hold space for Mm -hmm. uh, what you have to say because maybe they're feeling too triggered and don't have the emotional capacity to process what you're saying without taking it so deeply personal. Well, I ain't gonna lie, you you just spoke to me on that because I was gonna say, hey man, you need to sit out here and listen. Like, we, <laughs> we, we, we need to talk. <laughs> this this ain't working now. We need to make we need to make some changes. Oh, wow. Here's what I came up with. Um, but, but, yeah, be saying it like that and going from that from that perspective makes it seem like <laughs> this other person's being left out. You're impressive. only approaching it from what you see needs to be changed and what you want to see happen differently and you're not even really including your partner in that conversation. So that's why when you approach it, number one, you gotta approach it with compassion because come and being like, hey, I ain't happy with where we at. So <laughs> things gotta change. That is true. And that is truly how you feel and you're valid for feeling that way. You have to remember that the way that you approach a situation matters just as much as what you want to say. Oh, wow. Now, would you advise couples to have this earlier or later or just when it seems to be a problem? Consistently. Consistently. Okay. Even when there is no problem. Even when they're married? No, even even when when it's no problem, you should be having these type of conversations. Yes. Think of it like preventative medicine. Okay. You know, you, you don't see the way medicine is supposed to work is we're supposed to be doing all of the things to keep ourselves healthy so that we don't end up in the hospital. People will run themselves into the ground and then go to the doctor and say, I need you to fix me. And sometimes it's really too late for things to be fixed. So if you are having the conversation consistently within your relationship, you can consider that to be preventative care of your sex life. Even Mm -hmm. when things are going well, it is 100% recommended to check in with your partner because one, you're not taking them or their pleasure for granted. And two, you're placing forward what's important to you, our sex life being healthy. So it's nothing wrong with checking in, you know, every few weeks or however often you want to talk about it. And don't wait until it gets to the point where you're frustrated and things are stale. Okay. Do it consistently. All right. Okay. Uh, So where are we going next? What's the next step in this uh What's the next step in in going on to making sure that we're keeping things spiced up? First thing was communication. What's the second step? So communication and then also having the willingness to learn new things. Because a lot of people, what I've experienced in my practice is that people just really don't know how to express the things that they want to experience 
in their sexual relationships. So having the language to be able to communicate that and then knowing how to go through the steps of putting it into action. Everyone has fantasies, but people don't often think that those fantasies can come to life. Well, there are sex educators working all over the internet who all have different uh, areas of expertise that you and your partner, whether together or individually, could consult take their classes and learn uh, more how to better connect with each other. So getting that education and then having the willingness to shift and change the things that your partner has expressed um, that you can improve in. And again, not taking it personally um, as an attack. Okay. It's very easy to see it as being attacked. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's where the training and emotional intelligence comes in because you have to, in your mind, literally do the inner work while your partner is talking to say, okay, my partner means no harm in this. My partner has a right to express what they need. And what I'm hearing through all of this is a need for deeper connection. Okay, I can totally see how improving my writing skills can bring more pleasure to this experience, but how do I go about doing that? And that's typically what it boils down to is how do I do it? So I have a lot of people who reach out to me with how do I do X, Y, Z? Because they do want to spice it up and they want things to be better, but they just don't know how. So willingness to receive education and seeking it out. That's the second step. Okay. Do you feel like age plays a part in that? Like the older um, the couple is, it's a little harder to try new things. I don't think that age has an effect on that. I think that really it's all about the willingness of the person. I think that people allow age to be a factor in that and say, oh, well, I'm older. I don't think that my body can perform this way or, oh, I don't think it's appropriate. So really it's people's opinions of what age means and how that can be applied to your sex life that really stops them from moving forward. But age, like you can learn anything new at any age. Mm -hmm. And every single person, no matter what age they are, there's options for you to um, improve your sex life, no matter what your body type is, no matter what your condition is. There is something for everyone, but what is required is willingness. If you have the willingness at 65 to learn how to ride the D, mm -hmm. then you're you going to learn. Like, like one of my oldest clients was 65 years old in my class getting it in because she had the willingness to learn how to do this better because she was, you know, freshly out dating and she wanted to improve. And so I'm like, look at her. She is elderly and she's still getting it in. Shout out to you, sis. Like, okay, okay. That is definitely goals. It is. It is. It is. It is. And I know we're. I know we're running a little low on time here, but um, I want you to tell us a little bit about your film and television ambitions, a little bit. Oh well. Huh. Well, not necessarily the project, but just what you have planned, like moving forward and. You want to be in front of the camera, behind the camera, or all I mean, the above? Both. I'm I'm behind the camera right now uh, a lot because I produce things for my brand and mm -hmm. for other people within the industry that I work in. Um, I'm currently in film school. Okay. 
right. in my second year studying digital filmmaking. And wow. my goal is to be behind the camera as a director and a screenwriter. Is this erotic so, or just any type, any genre of? Like, it's uh, it's erotic and it's also mainstream. So mainstream. Okay. for okay. my business, you know, I entered into this program to enhance my knowledge for my business first. Okay. And then I also do have mainstream ambitions. But as far as being in front of the camera, I've always wanted my own talk show or to be um, a sex expert or just a well, like somebody working in wellness. Before I knew that sexual health was the area that I would work in, I always just wanted to work in the space of helping people improve their lives to live happier, healthier lives. And so I am actively pursuing um, a career as a television host or having my own reality show or something like that. I've been in many talks with many producers, many Uh television networks. I have some things, some irons in the fire right now. So we'll see what that will um, manifest as in (laughs) the next few years. Well, we, you know, we wish you the best with your endeavors. Um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you have a lot of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> how you know, does, I, I was going to ask you, you know, how does all it, how do you get an opportunity to, of course, you, yeah, thank you once again for fitting us in, but you know, how do you get an opportunity to do all of that? You know, at, for somebody who let's say wants to get to a point where, they have these all of these opportunities everybody doesn't have the ability to do it so what would be the thing that you would say if somebody's asking you hey how do you do this what would you tell them find out what works for you because looking at me is not going to do it like i'm actually i feel like (laughs) i'm superhuman sometimes (laughs) that is the best advice Um, The capacity that I have to hold space for everything that I do is quite large. I've always been a multitasker. My mind is very brilliant where it comes up with so many things, so many ideas every single day. And so I have to put a cap sometimes on the creativity that's flowing through me because I always say, like, I'm here to be a conduit for love, which is God. So God is always dropping gems in my mind. And I can't do everything, even though it seems like right now I already do everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I keep I like to keep myself busy just because my mind works like that. But I would suggest for a person that does want to work, I guess, in the same space is to get the education first mm-hmm. and then see how you want to deliver that information to the public. You know, being a blogger may not be your style. Uh, you know, being a podcaster may not be your style. I mean, it it literally does require for you to get educated first and then and then see where and how you can serve and really just filling into, okay, how much time and energy can I actually invest in this? Because this is my full-time job. You know, mm-hmm. I have my own business, I have an LLC, I've had that LLC since 2013. So I turned away from doing menial jobs when I decided to do this. I told myself I'm not going to do anything else outside of what I feel enriches me. And so if you're going to go into entrepreneurship in the sexual health field, I mean, number one, I'm going to say it's recession proof. Okay. <laughs> so it is. It's. It's a good space to be in, but when you're on the education side, especially when like times like this hits where 
people's income is going to be impacted. You do have to switch up how you do things mm -hmm. and kind of meet the needs of your clients. And two, um, just knowing who your client base is going to be, who are you speaking to is really important as well. And knowing that coming into this space, you will be met with pushback because there are laws in the real world and in the digital space that prevents people in the sexual health space from speaking out or posting certain things. So there is a possibility for your Instagram to be shut down or your Snapchat or your Facebook page. You can't even mention sex on Facebook, really. So these are things to know about and these are things to pay attention to when wanting to go into the space that you're going to come up against some hell fire. And there aren't, there are a lot of spaces that have things written in their terms of service that will prevent you from being able to even build a sexual health-based website on their platforms. So you really have to do your research and know where to build your brand. I've been through the ringer for the last <laughs> nine years. Like, <laughs> but you know, I always find ways to make it work. You seem to have found your niche, uh, I guess the space that you can actually be safe in, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, well, just to close us out here, tell us a little bit about the cowgirl. No, the cowgirl tour. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the position. I was about to say, no, no, whoa. No, it's a tour. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a real tour. It's a tour. It's in the digital space now just because of what's going on with the pandemic. But um, has that been going well for you? Oh, it's been going well. So I actually have been teaching this class and touring with it for the last four years. Oh, wow. And it's an international tour. So I've I've taught in... Uh, Lagos, Nigeria. I've taught in London. Um, I've taught in Toronto. And so this year I had my first class scheduled for Kenya and it was my largest class yet. 70 women uh, mm -hmm. registered to be a part of that. But <laughs> in Kenya, the day, the day before I was supposed to fly out, Kenya closed its borders. And so that's when I decided, as soon as all this COVID-19 stuff hit, to just uh, put the tour online. Okay. Because I've, I've done it digitally before. And so basically, it's a fitness class. Even though the focus is teaching women how to ride the D, how to stroke better, it is a fitness class. I'm so passionate about oh, this because so women. That's fitness, okay? That's, yeah. it is. It's, it's fitness. Okay, it has to be. And I've I'll never tell you done why. it, so I would because know. <laughs> <laughs> women expect men, and so in in heterosexual relationships, women expect men to go for as long as it takes for them to reach a climax. That could be, the average persons are having sex for about ten minutes. But there are some of us, like myself, wow, who minutes. are just like, okay, 10 minutes is a warm-up. That's cool. But I need at least 45 minutes to an hour, you okay. know. Mm -hmm. um, so you expect a man to be pumping and going for 30 minutes, but you don't even want to get up there for a minimum of five minutes and stroke yourself. So they on the cowgirl court tour, they're going to learn this? Yeah, I okay. I, I've been teaching this. So I... This all got this all got started because with my sex position videos on YouTube, I would mm -hmm. always show women on top positions. 
Okay. And women from all over the world would write me and be like, this position is great, but I really don't know how to perform. Like, I really don't know how to ride. Can you teach it? Oh. So I made three videos for YouTube. And there are two of them that have gone viral over and over and over again. Because what I recognized was that there isn't anybody really teaching how to do it. Oh. People... I did. I have, I've never seen a manual. I've never seen a book. I've never seen a tutorial. I've never seen any of that. So I was like, okay, well, I've been studying this for a while. Let me put my methods out there. And so even though I made three videos on YouTube, mm -hmm. all of these women, some women got it and they were like, thank you so much. Just help me out. But then I had a lot of women who were just like, eh, I still don't understand what I'm doing. And so a friend of mine in mm -hmm. Chicago, shouts out to the Meow University. She booked me um, to do a class in Chicago, but my very first time teaching the class was at a strip show. Oh, I wow. was dating a guy. <laughs> I was dating a guy who's an exotic dancer, and he had a show in Denver. And his partner was like, "We need some female entertainment to open up before the show. Would Tayomi want to teach her riding class?" So that was my first time teaching it. Um, in Denver, and then right after that, I was on a tour, like wow. all over the country. We we drove literally from coast to coast, teaching this thing, and it's a fitness class. So I teach women how to activate their tailbones, which allows them to have a hinge in their hips where they can stroke using their hips only and not their whole body. So I I, I go over the do's and the don'ts different positions, and then I take them through the workout that I've created to help them strengthen the part of their body that needs development to stroke better. I mean, it's a whole process. And I tell women all the time, it doesn't matter what size you are, because I have a lot of larger women or women in larger bodies that I teach. Um, okay. It's not, this is not a position that's just for petite women or just for skinny women. It's for all women. If you have the willingness to get up there and get it in, this is for you, but you have to remember, you're going to switch, and there is no way to become better at riding unless you work out. Okay. You have to get in shape. You're correct. Now, can you tell them where to sign up at? Because we, we want you to have as many people sign up for this as possible. We want to do our part. Yeah, and I got some people I know need to sign up, so go ahead. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of so they can sign up ahead. at cowgirltour.eventbrite.com. Okay. And so since I moved my tour online, there are a few different dates. A lot of those dates are sold out because the passes have already been purchased. But if you want to attend any of the masterclasses that are happening this year online, it doesn't matter for which occurrence you buy the ticket. As long as you have a ticket, you actually have access to 19 different masterclasses until September 19th. Okay. So I believe the next open available occurrence is July 19th. And then there's some dates in August and September that are left open for passes. And the thing is, when they buy a pass to the tour, they uh -huh. also have access to over 40 different weekly workouts that I do. So they pay one time and they get access to like 98 different situations or workouts okay. with me and they're all kind of different. So, but let it be known. Don't okay. get it twisted. This is not simply a lecture. 
where you look at me and I'm talking at you. You're going to be getting up. You're going to be moving and you're going to sweat and you're going to feel the burn within the first workout that we do. Because we work out for for the master class. We work out for a good hour to 90 minutes. And I ain't going to lie. I be wrecking people. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, hey, if you can get through this workout, you will be able to. To snatch a soul in three to five minutes. Wow. Guaranteed. Snatch a soul. Okay. So, so you're doing, yeah. so you're helping men out here. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because okay. I'm, pa- I'm so passionate about pleasure. And it's about her first. Like, I want her to understand you can close that orgasm gap and get yours if you get on top and you get it for yourself. Okay. You know how to stroke yourself. You know <laughs> your vagina better than anybody. So why not get up there and make it feel good for the both of you, but for you first? Okay. Yeah. You know? So, And I've had quite a few women write me and say, uh, thanks to you, Tayomi, I am pregnant. I'm like, oh, hey, oh, wow. God, baby. What's going on? <laughs> okay. Well, last thing, uh, uh, give us your uh, social medias and stuff so that um, our listeners can know where to follow you at and get your audience grown a little bit. Follow me on Twitter at Glamazon Tayomi and also follow me on Instagram at Real Glamazon Tayomi. And honestly, if you forget any of that, if you just put Tayomi in Google, mm-hmm. my social media will pop up. Okay. okay. That's cool. But thank you once again for being thank on. You, thank we you. appreciate thank you. you giving us this uh this little bit of your busy schedule. And I'm gonna sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. You're going to enjoy it. It really is a sisterhood. Like I I created this because I just want women to feel empowered in their bodies. And so beyond even, you know, learning how to ride, I teach yoni yoga. I teach flexibility. I teach sensual movement. And so it's more than just learning how to ride. And it's getting together with a community of women who are all here for the same thing, which is experiencing more pleasure and feeling empowered um, in in their sexual performance. So please join us. It's a lot of fun. And the next masterclass is April 15th at 7 p.m. Central. And I host all of my classes on zoom.com. So check it out. And I also have some workout videos that are coming to my sensual fitness website, sensualfitnessbytai.com. So you can look out for those later this spring. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Neat. All right. Well, thank you all for joining on our conversation with Ms. Tayomi. It's your girl, Neat Cruz. C.L. Butler. And your boy, Yousef. And once again, we want to thank you, uh, Ms. Tayomi, for being on. And uh, we want to thank our listeners for getting in there. Um, we want to make sure that you remember to follow us on all social media platforms at R-E-L-S-T-A-T podcast. Make sure that you catch the podcast at relationshipstatuspodcast.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Nobody Grinds Radio, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast for free 99. We want to make sure that you call us if you want to leave us a dear Neek or a message or a comment at 843-310-8637 or email us at R-E-L-S-T-A-T podcast at gmail.com. Make sure that you don't forget to comment, share, five-star rate, and review. For now, it's Neek, CL, and Yusuf, and we are out. Mm-hmm.